The Marlins getting spanked in Seattle. Do they have enough pitching now? All of a sudden, we had too much pitching now. Not enough pitching, seemingly. Trevor Rogers to the 60-day. Johnny Cueto still rehabbing. What about Eddie Cabrera and these blisters? Tons to get into on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you listen to the pod, of course, hit subscribe, leave a review. This, of course, is your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. There is a YouTube channel, guys. Head on over to there. You will see not only my face, you will see a second face. And you will be confused because you'll be thinking... Is it Monday? No, it's not Monday. It's Wednesday. But Sean Barrett, the UK GOAT, is in the house. And I must say, Sean Barrett is looking en fuego. Sean, how are we doing, brother? I'm not bad, Pete. It's just, just the rare Monday, then the Tuesday episode on a Wednesday. Mm. I'll be track at the moment. It is. It's difficult to work out what day it is, what week it is, what year it is. But doesn't matter. The boys are back in town. This one, uh, so first, first of all, Uh, My apologies for yesterday. I know I said it's a Daily Marlins podcast. However, yesterday there was no episode. Wasn't feeling good. I was feeling poor under the weather. Had to go to sleep at 8 p.m. That isn't Eastern time. That was GMT. 8 p.m. I was asleep. That's 3 3 p.m. Eastern. I was doubting myself then a second. Anyway, so that's, uh, I woke up today feeling a touch better, still not 100%, but locked on Marlins must go on. We've got some spankings to talk about. The Marlins getting absolutely leathered in Seattle. And in reality, Sean, it's been, I mean, it's been, you know, deja vu. Like, starters struggling with length, long balls, bullpen has to do plenty, not giving up much, uh, and the offense being Pretty cold until like the odd the odd home run sprinkled in there. It has not been a good series thus far in Seattle. We do have Yuri Perez going in Game Three, which is something to look forward to. But is this is this a second city road trip thing? Are the guys feeling a bit jaded? Are the Mariners just really good, which is possible? Um, you know, I think there's a few things here going on. But overall, I would say the main concern is the the starters, the lack of length they're able to give. And I'd say equally in game two, all of a sudden, this blister issue, it's reared its head again. It's reared its head for multiple weeks, I would say, with Eddie Cabrera. And we may be approaching that that 10, that 15-day IL stint, perhaps, with Eddie Cabrera. Um, Trevor Rogers has a setback. Next thing is, maybe we're in trouble with the pitching all of a sudden. I mean... I've asked you about 15 questions in one in one sentence there, Sean. So take them at your uh, at your leisure. Uh, but let's start with Eddie Cabrera, though, mate, and um, talk about this blister issue and whether potentially the Marlins are going to need to make a move here. Yeah, it's a concern, isn't it? It was only well, two days ago when we were talking about the fact that Erie was, you know, should, we could should, should be sending him down and Trevor should yeah. be coming back, and all of a sudden Trevor's not coming back. Eddie's got this blister issue. It's not like it's not just that it was a bad start. It, 
we were, it was about to start. Let's not shy away from it. But the walks were there. The, the blister was there. If it was yep. just a poor performance and there was a couple of solo jacks and he got lit up, then I'd be less concerned. And I'd be thinking that this is exactly what we I kind of wanted, which was Trevor to stay down for a bit longer and area to get his time in the show. So... I think at the moment it is, it is a sort of balancing act at the moment, isn't it? Of do the Marlins have too many arms? Do they have enough arms? I mean, I mean it's, we're halfway through a major league baseball season. Everybody's struggling for innings. There is that sense that you can never have enough arms. Uh, right now, there's a little bit of a concern, isn't there? Um, that we know that these guys haven't got a lot of innings because they've never pitched that many innings. We know that they're not going to go long, six, seven, eight, every night, or if ever. So, yeah, there's there's some concern for sure. What I would say is, I, I know that this is a bad example, given that the team lost the last two at Seattle, but they're still in the hunt and they're still battling away. I think, had we gone 50 minutes rather than 40 minutes in the podcast on Monday, I would have said that this, this felt like a trap series. Miles were going well, but the Seattle, they've got that good starting pitching. And, you know, they're at home. There is that concern. I think tonight will be huge, which is crazy to say <laughs> in the middle of June, X games over 500 as they are. So this game is really important. But I think it is. I think walking away with at least one win, not getting swept, I think absolutely is key for them and and they've got the the right man on the mound in my eyes yeah they have like all of a sudden to your point we spoke about it in depth on monday and the everydayers listening will know this you know this this notion of you know trevor's coming back pretty soon and yuri perez is going to be managed and sent down and you know maybe they'll save his bullets to the back end of the year both of us in agreement we didn't want to see that all of a sudden like as we sit here right now thinking well he's not going to be going down in june you know, Trevor Rogers, this setback, like he's transferred to the 60-day IL. I know, he, you know, he's been on the IL for a period. And so it doesn't have a huge impact. But Craig Mish talking about it, saying that, you know, this is pushing his timeline backwards. So, you know, that decision that needs to be made will be pushed backwards, you know, into, let's say, early July. Who knows where they're at with, with general pitching at that point? And it may just be who's healthy is in the rotation. And this is it. These things, they kind of work themselves out. They always do. Seemingly, you think you've got it all. Two days later, two games later, you're scratching. They're scratching around. Next thing is Archie Bradley's up. Next thing is you're turning around to Brian Hoeing and saying, can you give us five innings? And it's two days. Wild scenes, wild, wild scenes going on that. Just briefly on Eddie Cabrera as well. He sits at five and five now. His ERA is kind of touching-ish five at this point. Started to look like the, the walks were just a real problem. Felt like he reined it in. I do feel like this blister issue issue is kind of lingering, has impacted his last couple of starts. Just with a five and five record of four seven ERA, how do you kind of assess Eddie Cabrera's season so far in twenty three? It's it, it's probably hard to do. It is. I think the the expected stats suggest that he's being a little bit unlucky. Uh, that's probably coming from the home run fly ratio, but that's yeah. that's a situation where you're pitching from behind. When you've got those control issues, you're pitching from behind. You know you've got to throw a strike. The the batter knows you've got to throw a strike, and yeah. that's where the home runs come. So I think that's that's essentially where what I'm seeing from him. I think you've got to take in the the, the youth that he has. He's he's a young starting pitcher learning his craft. 
Um, and, and it is a case of the Marlins could only expect so much and you can only trust him so much. The Marlins going into the season and fans like us, I don't think we went into the season expecting this this whirlwind season from him. He's, he's a developing pitcher. And at, at this point, you, you can't put too much trust into him. But unfortunately, as it is with the Marlins right now, like they, they kind of need to be able to trust him. Um, they absolutely and, and this, do. And this blister issue, I think, is is massive. I think if if he was struggling this way without the blister, we'd be we'd be having concerns. Yeah, I think we can chalk it up to the blister, and hopefully he can manage that and work around that. Um, but ultimately, I mean, he's he's approaching already his his, his lead in innings for mm. the season. So it is a case of how many more innings are the Marlins going to get from him, and that that speaks <laughs> to the scratching for innings that the Marlins might be doing in the next couple of months. Boy, oh boy, I'm going to have to get back down looking at the uh, the AAA roster and seeing what the rotation is looking like down there soon. Because I mean, it's a really good point about Eddie. Like he's not got a huge track record of tons of innings either. And <coughs> excuse me, that's part of the problem here with Yuri Perez. They're trying to manage his innings, not letting him go too crazy over what he's done historically. And in reality, the same situation exists for Eddie Cabrera. So he's going to need to be managed. And maybe this is the right time to manage him where he's clearly dealing with this, with this, you know, blister issue. So wait to see what about Lozado as well, mate? Because again, like it's been spotty with Lozado. Like, I feel like he's kind of, Going under the radar a touch, but it's been up and down, really up and down, I'd say, with Lozada. Also sitting at 5-5 five and five record, um, <laughs> ERA's a touch under that. Boy, oh boy, nearly lost a lung then. Um, you know, ERA's at 4-17, 4-1-7, so not quite the same, but five earned, only four innings again from Lozada in game one. Um, you know, is he getting a bit of a free ride here in terms of, like, Marlins Twitter or... Is he on our radars where it's like the performance isn't quite matching the hype maybe attributed to Jesus Lozado? He runs really hot and cold, doesn't he? I mean, if you just look at his game logs, it's one earned run six, one five, one five. Yeah. It's it's crazy right now. I know what we'll get next time then. <laughs> you can lock it in. You'll get a you'll get a great start from him. It's yeah. crazy, isn't it? There's just that consistency. Again, he's young. I think we kind of got ourselves overhyped a little bit with what we saw from the early part of the season. And yeah. I think everyone was kind of trying to convince themselves in the, in the off-season, oh, we don't need Pablo because we're going to have Lozado and he's going to step up and be that number two um, or the number three behind Cueto. That really didn't happen. Um, and, and at the moment, you've just got to accept that he is, again, this is a young rotation. I know that's not what people want to hear when they're in currently in a wild card spot, but that should give you hope. That even now, while they're so young, they're, they're they're competing and putting the team in a position where they can win. This this bodes well for the next couple of years. Um, but for right now, yeah, it is a case of you just don't know what you're going to get from Lazardo one start to the next. You really don't. It's like Jekyll and Hyde, I guess, with Lazardo. Like like you said, five runs, one run, five one one run. Like that seems to be the cycle. So yeah, we'll we'll. I'm pretty confident what we'll get next time around, so looking forward to that. Um, let's talk about our uh, our only ad of the day, actually. Only live ad, anyway. And it's our good friends over at Game Time. Um, and this one, it's all about getting tickets to your favorite events. And it shouldn't be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. You can forget planning months in advance 
Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. You would have probably needed this app specifically for yesterday for the Oakland A's. Boy, oh boy, the reverse boycott. Unbelievable scenes going on here. The Game Time guarantee uh, means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game Time will credit you 110% of that difference. Can't say fairer than that. So what do you have to do? Pretty simple, guys. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms to apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's keep it rolling here. So we had a little bit of roster activity in advance of yesterday's game. Uh, we were talking about him on Monday's episode, Huascar Brazaban. It has been a struggle for him recently, and uh, the Marlins had seen enough. They'd seen enough and optioned Brazaban down to AAA, which I think was the right call, Sean. I think we both agreed that was probably the right call. Um, Archie Bradley gets the call. It'd been performing pretty well down at AAA, um, relatively late start to the year. Uh, he got his first taste of the action yesterday. The Marlins needed some innings. They asked for him to go two. First one went okay. Second one less so. Um, overall, though, with Archie Bradley at this point, you know, what should we be expecting? What are we hoping for here with this situation? Uh, <laughs> eating of innings. Uh, when the name came across my radar, um, when they brought him up, it was a case of, was that the young prospect for Arizona who was going to be this ace uh, for them? And That's then the guy. Out, and then he became a relatively decent reliever, and then the wheels really came off. And, and lo and behold, it is. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's a case of he's a 30-year-old journeyman, uh, free, minor league free agent. Um, your expectation should purely be this guy will come in when the game's cooked and stop you from using anybody decent so that you can <laughs> run again the next day. Oh, man, when the game's cooked. Listen, with the Marlins this year, no game is cooked unless we're playing in Seattle and then the games are cooked, seemingly. <clears throat> It was interesting in uh, yesterday's game, I must say. When you you scroll down the box score and you look, okay, right, who from the Mariners has done some damage here? Who, you know, who's done it? The top of the lineup, oh, oh, um, oh, one through four, they were all offers. Not No production from the top of the lineup. It was all bottom of the lineup stuff from the Mariners. A couple of bombs obviously hurting them, but it was a bit of a funky, um, you know, box score line, I guess, from, you know, a team that's putting up eight, nine runs. One thing that stands out from a Marlins perspective in this series, mate, is Luis Urias back-to-back hitless days. He was on a hit streak. He's hitting over 400. Next thing is he's rolled into Seattle. Two offers on the bounce. Um, gut feel with Luis Urias here, mate. Does he get a blow in game three? Do they say, have a seat there, Luis, and just relax yourself a touch? Or is it hit through the pain? A two-game hitless streak, I know, but... You know, it's shocking for us to see. We just haven't seen him go 10 at-bats without a hit. It's just crazy to see. So it could be an interesting time maybe, you know, with the off day, I think, <clears throat> sprinkled in there just to say, you know, have a rest today, sir. And if you need it off the bench, you need it. But, you know, what's your, where's your head at with Luis Soraya's here at this point? 
Yeah, he probably does get a day off, doesn't he? And, and he'll probably come in in a pinch hit situation and get a key hit. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But yeah, lovely. I mean, he's, he's hitting 382, so clearly we, we don't need him in the lineup right now. No. His OPS is below 900. He's, he's clearly. He's, he's got to be. Yeah, he's not going to be productive for the team. Let him sit down and we'll, we'll bring a hot hitter in. Oh, man, I'm just working out who's on the bench and who's available there. I mean,. I'm not even sure who it would be. But anyway, we'll find out soon enough. Uh, it's obviously these these West Coast games, pretty tricky for us UK fans um, on that front. But the other news as well that kind of sprinkled in and sprinkled out was Jazz Chisholm and this uh, this toe issue. Saw some reports. Uh, I believe it was from MLB.com. Christina Dinacola reporting that Jazz Chisholm uh, is expected to have surgery to repair this issue with his toe, this turf toe issue, but he's expected to have surgery after the season, so was look, looking to manage through this. Return in the next couple of weeks was Kim's timeline. She put on it <coughs> in a recent interview, I think, yesterday, the day before. So we're expecting Jazz back, but also some surgery. Um, it's Jazz is then taken, I think, to Instagram to say, I'm not having surgery, guys. I don't know what's that, what everyone's going on about. So some wonky reporting, but fundamentally here with Jazz, the main headline is a couple of weeks away, mate. And for me, that is... I think that's going to be extremely timely here. The Marlins likely will be a good couple of games over 500 when he returns. You know, I was thinking maybe 10. That could be bullish. That could not. We'll see. Um, but overall, I think to inject Jazz back into the lineup, I think it's going to come at a really nice time for the Marlins just to give him another boost as they start to maybe deal with some other issues. But yeah, it seems overall like we're trending in the right direction with Jazz at this point, right? Yeah, it's a positive to get him back for sure. Um, one thing I would say is you need to sort of temper expectations. I mean, turf toe is oh, no. it, it's not a case of he's back and he's healthy and he's he's ready to go. Mm. It is a case of they're gonna they're managing this circumstance. Turf toe is is an it sounds like a stupid thing, doesn't it? It does, but it's a legitimately horrific thing to try and play through. Um, and you, you see it more often in, in NFL, but I suppose you're not used to baseball players getting such collisions because who on earth would put a concrete ring around the, the wall of their... <laughs> their who would do that? Yeah, who would do that? <laughs> um, I think we need to temper expectations that, that he's not going to be coming back and, and stealing bags the way we're used to seeing him do so. Um, but I think I think the energy will be there, and, and uh, as we know with Jazz, like... He's good. it's going to be full send, isn't it? There's going to, it's, it's not going to be taking it easy himself. He's going to be limited by his physical ability, but he's certainly his enthusiasm for the game is not going to be tempered. Absolutely. No, that is for certain. The final topic, it's not on the rundown here, but it's linked to Jazz. Um, when that news that now isn't news, I guess, about this uh, surgery requirement um, broke, it got me thinking about Jazz more generally and what role he should or could play. I put it out there on Twitter yesterday. You called it out, Sean, to say this could be a divisive topic. The topic in play is, should we, should we, should the Marlins be considering just prioritizing the bat with Jazz, taking him out of the field and just DHing him full-time? Hoy Soler won't be here next year, I don't think. Um, I, I, I actually hope he would be, but I don't believe he will be. The DH spot potentially open. You know, could the Marlins look to fill that? Most people responding to say, why the hell would you do that? Jazz is so athletic. He is great in the field. He's been above average in center field. Who are you going to play at center field? And I completely get the concerns around that. And it doesn't seem to make sense. However, 
Jazz is only playing at the moment. Like he's, he's on pace, but the last couple of years have shown us he's only playing a third of the season, a half of the year. Because he's out there, to your point earlier, the vigor he shows in, in when he's fielding, he ends up hurting himself. Should the Marlins de-risk it a touch and just prioritize a stick with Jazz? I'm not saying that's what I would do, but it's approaching the time where they need to consider that situation. I think we spoke about this before in previous episodes. You said Jazz would not be up for it because it's going to hurt him dollar-wise too. And equally, like Jazz thinks he can win a gold glove anywhere. I mean, the Marlins need a catcher as well. I mean, we could consider Jazz fully gearing up. But final word on that, Sean, just is there any legitimacy in that question? Do you think the Marlins are actually thinking about it? Not to say, would you do it? Because I don't think you would, and I don't think I would either. But I'm interested to see whether the Marlins consider that eventuality, kind of Byron Buxton 2.0, I guess. I, I do love sometimes when I see some of the things you put out on Twitter, and I, and I, I know that there's there's no seriousness in your in your opinion. <laughs> yet. Uh, but most people, or some people, clearly don't. Uh, and it, it always makes me laugh. And I see something, and I'm like, yeah, that's going to do numbers. Here we go. He's fishing for something here. Um, look, I, I spoke in the off season about the idea that they need to limit his running and and especially with him in centre field, they need to protect him. Like, he can say, I want to play 155 games all he wants, but this is another year where that's not going to occur. Mm. Uh, he can say he wants to be a gold glove in centre field, and to be fair to him, he did a really nice job when he was in centre field. Look, they, they need to protect him, they need to balance out the fact that he's going to go 110% on every single play and, and balance that out. It, it, does that mean he gets some reps? At DH through a season, just to cool him down a little bit, maybe. But full-time DH, I'm, I'm pretty certain you know that that's not going to happen. I, I'm pretty certain in that too. We'll wait to see. Who knows? Who knows? But I'm, uh, I, I don't think it will. That wouldn't be what I would do. But it's it's a question that should be asked at some point. And we've asked it, and Marlon's Twitter spoke and said, Pete, no way, not a chance in hell. I think they read that as like that was my recommendation, and it certainly wasn't. With that being said, though, guys, we're going to call it a day there. I've got a tennis match to get to, would you believe? So I've got to go and take my daughter to a tennis match. I'm not even playing. I'm watching for three hours in the sun. So I'm going to be baked. Nevertheless, thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day. And to the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett, on a Wednesday. Yes, I know it is confusing, but I think he absolutely delivered, as he always does. For those listening and aren't watching, highly recommend you head over to the YouTube st- uh, version of this show and look at the gear that Sean Barrett has on. He is looking absolutely flames. While you're there, by the way, hit subscribe. We're trending towards 700 subscribers. We need to be over 1,000. This team is trending, and Locked on Marlin should be too. With that being said, guys, be back, of course, tomorrow. And let's hope Yuri Perez can snatch a dub on the road. <laughs>